you can see these large footprints embedded into the carpet, creeping along the wall ninja style. She raised her arms up over her head and started to come towards me. Oh! And she had her mouth open like she was screaming. I hear my sister on the top bunk say, Ashley, you could see pieces of her hair being twirled in thin air. But now all of a sudden the green orb comes towards our truck, then it shoots out over the mountains into outer space. It is gone. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted Day the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I'm Rebecca Black. Coming up in just a little bit, we have some more haunted summer vacation ideas for you. And we're going to talk Yay! to the USGhostAdventures.com folks. And we're also going to talk about the multiple creepy ghost videos that were sent to us just this week. So many good ones. Yeah. Uh, just a quick reminder, hauntedaf.com. That's where you're going to find literally everything that we talk about. Please follow us on social media. We're on TikTok, YouTube. By the way, full episodes of Haunted AF on YouTube. Uh, we're also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Please follow us again, hauntedaf.com. And we have to say thank you to our new Reddit followers, which is funny because Rebecca and I both, we got kicked <laughs> off of Reddit so, so many times. So many times. But I think we both just gave up. And it's so funny that we're getting followers there. I was like, well, I'll be damned. Also, we have to send big love to our new patron, Jean McCormick. And here's the thing, guys. We're going to end season five of Haunted AF next week. Because the thing with running a podcast, there's a lot of stuff that you need to do that you simply Mm -hmm. don't have time because you're busy running a podcast. And so we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in August. But we will keep posting new content on our Patreon page. So again, patreon.com. Go find Haunted AF. It's $5 a month. Okay, you ready to jump in? Absolutely. All right, this story comes from James. So this is a story about the little boy I used to see when I was younger. The first time I saw him, I was about six years old, taking a shower and straight out a horror movie, uh, rinsing soap out of uh, my hair, all in my eyes. I feel like someone standing outside the shower curtain. Get the soap out of my eyes, I look, and there's a silhouette of a child just standing outside the shower. I throw the curtains back, and it's just like a rush of cold air and scared the crap out of me, ran out of the restroom buck naked to everyone sitting in the living room and uh, trying to explain to them what just happened, which the whole house was haunted. So they all had their experiences, but everyone was just trying to ignore what was going on. After that, it followed me to every place or he followed me to every place that I I had ever lived in. But the next time I legitimately saw him was at my dad's house and we were sitting just at the counter eating dinner and I see a child walk from my dad's room into my room. It was kind of out of the corner of my eye, but it was enough to where I could see exactly what he was wearing, like a red t-shirt with overalls, like a little bowl cut. And I walk in my room and there's nobody there. So that blew my mind. After that, it was uh, mostly just little things like the DVD player opening and closing in the middle of the night. And I would wake up, just yell, stop. And it would it would stop <laughs> on its own. Uh, just stuff to like mess with me. But uh, I have plenty more stories I'll be willing to share with y'all. I love the podcast. Later. Don't you wonder? I mean, I know he was older when he saw this boy, but we talk so much about kids seeing things that other people can't right. see. Don't you wonder if there's ever been a study done on that? Ooh. Yeah. Or is that just wrong to take kids in and ask them if they're seeing ghosts? Because what if it brings up some sort of traumatic, like something that they've seen and then they have like nightmares? Or maybe you just can't trust a four-year-old. They do make up a lot of things. They are full of shit, definitely. (laughs) 
I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I would. <laughs> I have kids. Maybe just don't I know. say it out loud. <laughs> uh, so this next story comes from Denise, and she says, I grew up on the outskirts of San Antonio, and my high school was surrounded by a lot of undeveloped land. They had just started clearing trees for a new development when we noticed a farmhouse with a small cemetery next to it. My friend had moved into the new development next door, and from her upstairs window, you could see it, even the headstones, and pointed gate around it. We just assumed the developers would move the cemetery when the time came to demolish the house. So we were really curious about how they would do it and even hoped we would watch from her window when the time came. But we never saw anything. We went to look one day and the farmhouse and cemetery were already cleared. No trace of it. And the developers went on with the neighborhood. Oh, that's not good. So about a year later, my friend in the same house started having a lot of electrical problems. The TV and stereo would turn on by themselves and the lights flickered so often an electrician was called out. Oh my God, you know what's happening, right? Mm -hmm. So they moved down to the home for unrelated reasons. Years after that, I was dating a guy who lived on that same street. He was walking me out one night and as I turned to hug him, something peeked from his laundry room. It was completely dark, but I could tell it was smiling at me. No teeth, just blackness. Oh, good Lord, Denise. I immediately break up with that guy. I want to know what neighborhood this was. She says it's like outside of San Antonio and she doesn't live there anymore. But I'm like, oh, you always hear of like the ancient burial grounds being built over or whatever. And no doubt that's what happened in this situation. Yeah, that's definitely haunted. But get rid of those bodies. I could just see you and I like in middle school camping out by the upstairs (laughs) window just waiting. It's like we have to see it when they move those bodies. Oh, my God. Okay, Rebecca, did you see that Rain Wilson has a new paranormal? podcast I did <laughs> Dwight yeah Rain Wilson has a paranormal podcast and Rebecca and I we get a little jealous when famous people start podcasts it's because it's not fair it's not fair they have an automatic <laughs> audience it's so right. hard to get people to listen to your podcast and you're like damn it Rain freaking Wilson has a I podcast know. get out of our territory Rain <laughs> stay in your lane bitch <laughs> but um but it is cute so he plays this character named Terry Carnation who yeah used to be like a paranormal conspiracy theorist who had an AM radio show. So it sounds like Art Bell and his show is called Dark Air. So I'm wondering, is he like poking fun of Dave Schrader from Darkness Radio? I, I don't oh. I, I keep wondering so, but the show is cute. We will post links and actually Rain Wilson is doing interviews. I know he was on and that's really? why we drink. Yeah. And Astonishing Legends. So I've reached out. Cool. Fingers crossed. It would be cool if he came on, but we will share all of those links. Okay. So this next story comes from Alicia. Hi ladies, it's Alicia. Just a little bit of backstory. My entire life I have had issues with sleep. Sleep and I are not friends. Uh, When I was really little I had night terrors. When I got a little older I started sleepwalking. I used to sleepwalk right off the top bunk of my bed and somehow not die. So there's that. In my current life uh, my lack of sleep is either insomnia or if I do sleep I have um, sleep paralysis. Um, Lucky for me, I knew what sleep paralysis was before I started having sleep paralysis. So when it happened, I was very aware of what was happening and was able to snap myself out of it. But it happens fairly often and I usually am greeted by very large, lifelike looking spiders. Um, I have come to affectionately call them twilight spiders. Basically, anytime I open my eyes from a sleep, I will see these guys. 
it's to the point where I'm just kind of like, whatever. They don't even bother me anymore. Okay, Rebecca, have we talked about the spiders before? I don't think so. Because I see spiders too. Do the, you really? I do. Actually, the spider visions are one of the very common things that people see when they have mm-hmm. sleep paralysis. So this comes from Alan. He says, my name is Alan and I heard your guest appearance on Talk is Jericho. Yay! And it made me remember the numerous encounters I've had over the years across multiple states. He said it all started in Plymouth, New Hampshire. One morning I went into the bathroom and found the toilet paper had been unrolled and layered in the toilet. (laughs) Still connected to the roll. My first thought was that my cat did it. But I always put the roll in the holder in the under position so that if the cat got froggy and tried to unroll the paper, it would just spin around and around and around. This happened several times over the course of about two weeks. Wait. Um, um, yeah, you're the cat lady, so you tell us your theory. Uh, that's your cat. I'm sorry. I don't care how you put your toilet <laughs> roll on. If they feel like taking all the paper off, they are going to. So Alan goes on to say, then my parents told me that they kept seeing shadows move through the kitchen and the ceiling fan regularly started turning on while they were hanging out in the living room. Another time at about 2 a.m., I was getting ready for work and I heard a female voice whisper my name. Mm. (laughs) Needless to say, my feet didn't hit the ground until I reached my car. (laughs) Things have continued in the years since, even after Alan moved out and got married. My now wife and I were house sitting for my mom not long ago. She woke up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom and I noticed that the TV in the living room had been turned on and the volume was blasting. Then we heard noises in the dining room and found the Alexa device was playing Johnny Cash. Ooh. At least the ghost has good taste in music, yeah. right? And just last week, my mom was walking through her room and the cup she was holding launched out of her hand like someone had punched it. Just a bushel of sage yeah. in each room. Okay, mm-hmm. so this next story comes from Mason. Hey, Julia and Rebecca. Uh, My name is Mason and I'm calling in from Seattle, Washington. But my story actually originates in the Philippines. First off, I love your podcast. Oh my gosh, it's so scary. It scares the shit out of me. It reminds me of sitting around a campfire with friends and everyone taking turns trying to scare each other and it actually working. (laughs) So scary. So my family, we are very superstitious about Filipino ghouls and ghosts and demons to the point where um, when my mother was pregnant with me in the Philippines, we would pour salt around the bed. My dad would be on ghoul watch. You know, my dad's like, hell no, some demon is not going to eat my baby, you know? (laughs) So that's how superstitious we are. So the story comes from my grandmother. She is pretty sensitive to ghosts and things like that. So this instance, she is younger and with a friend. They're in a neighboring village. So we live in a forest mountain village outside of Manila. So it's a lot more rural. And she's out with her friend at night having a good time. They're walking home and they decide, let's go walk through the bamboo grove. And if you know anything about Asian mythology, you know that ghosts and ghouls, they love a bamboo grove. (laughs) Despite that, my grandma was like, yeah, let's do it. So they walk in the bamboo grove. And my grandma's like, man, we've been walking for a long time. We should have been out of the bamboo grove already. And my grandma tells me as they're walking, the tips of the bamboo, they're bending, like they're getting closer to the ground. You know, bamboo's really strong. It doesn't just bend 
you know, so it's like they're walking along this path and it's almost like a bamboo doorway. That's how much it's bending, my grandma's saying. And at this point, they're just holding each other and walking. And it's to the point where the bamboo is bending so much, they almost have to duck under it. My grandma says she looks on top of the bamboo and she sees a translucent girl sitting on top of the bamboo. And my grandma and her friend, they look at each other and they scream and they run, they run. Shortly after that, my grandma tells me that they find themselves outside of the bamboo grove. Oof, <laughs> that, that scared me as a kid. The funny thing, though, is in our mountain and forest community, you know, we have the story of a deity that protects and watches over the land. And her name is Maria McKeeling. So my grandma likes to think, I met Maria McKeeling and she thinks I'm pretty cool. <laughs> because if Maria McKeeling thinks you are doing harm or you're not a good person, she is not going to let you leave that bamboo grove. All right, have a great one, and I hope it's a lot warmer in Texas now. See y'all. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mason. So, okay, I had to look up this Maria McKeeling. Yeah. Because I was like, what is this Irish lass doing in this, you know, <laughs> island, mountain home? But yeah. apparently Mount McKeeling is the mountain that she protects. The reason that she is its protector is because the mountain is shaped like a woman's profile. And I love it because this reminds me of Tafiti and Moana. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Mason, thank you so much for that story. And if any of you guys have those cool cultural stories, please make sure you send them in. Hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. So we're on the phone now with Azure from usghostadventures.com. We've been trying to talk to you for weeks now. Mm -hmm. I mean, almost a solid month (laughs) that we have been kind of playing phone tag. And then boom, this morning, up on my news pops this story. About U.S. Ghost Adventures buying the Lizzie Borden house. Yes, it's perfect timing. I'm glad we didn't get to talk a few weeks ago. I wouldn't have been allowed to say anything. Yes, yeah. So give us all the details on this. I'm sure that your listeners are aware of the tragic history of the Bordens and everything that happened in the house. But they may not be aware that the house where the murders were committed has actually been uh, an operational bed and breakfast for a while now. Guests have been staying there, having all kinds of spooky interactions, and we are excited to announce that we are in the final stages of taking over operations for that. My boss spent the night there. He had some scary things happen to him. He stayed there alone, completely alone. Oh, my God. to me. And he stayed in Lizzie's bedroom alone. Oh, my gosh. No. But he tested it out. Plenty of scary things happened. Verified that there's a lot going on there. And we're super excited to start welcoming guests there soon. Allowed to tell us any of the crazy stuff that happened that your boss experienced? He said that he slept like a baby. Nothing woke him up while he was sleeping. So he promises that guests will get a restful night's sleep. Oh, that's okay. nice. Uh, yeah. The, the bit of time leading up to when you fall asleep, he said that he heard footsteps outside of the door, felt like there were other presences in the room. I'm not sure if you all are aware of the other murders that happened at the house before Lizzie Borden. We had the Queen of Halloween on, uh, I think mm-hmm. in season one or two, and she shared EVPs with us from the Lizzie Borden house that were pretty fantastic. Oh, yeah. And I think that she told us a little bit about it, but just remind us. About 100 years before Lizzie allegedly murdered her parents, a relative of hers who is now believed to have been suffering from postpartum depression actually killed her children outside near a well and then killed herself. And the top floor of the Borden house is where the children played and it's still kept completely full of toys. Um, It's Mm -hmm. terrifying to look at. (laughs) All of the toys are gifts 
from visitors. People bring toys for the kids and kind of try to encourage them to play. And we have a haunted doll. Her name's Lily. That is a part of our organization. And my boss took Lily with him to take photos around the house. And when he brought her into the kids' room, a whole bunch of the toys started going off. Lights were flashing. Music was playing. And he was up there completely alone. Oh, no. If you go to usghostadventures.com, on the very front page, you have information about the Lizzie Borden house purchase, but you're also running a contest right now. We are, yes. So any of our guests that book a ghost tour, if they enter the code word Borden at their booking, like the promo code, then they're entered to win a free stay and $500 towards traveling to the location. And you aren't just about the Lizzie Borden house, U.S. Ghost Adventures. You have tons of stuff. So fill everybody in on that. So we are a walking ghost tour company. We operate in, I think, 33 cities right now. We're opening a ton of new cities. So a couple of them may have gone live um, over the weekend and I missed that. Wow. But we have cities all over the country, everywhere from our home base in Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia, all the way out to Honolulu. And we're working on opening a site in Puerto Rico. So we're rapidly expanding. Uh, We are history-based tours, so there's no cheesy jump scares or people in costumes. It's all historically based. Our storytellers and guides are very well-versed in the legend. So we take you through a walk of the city, give you a little bit of backstory. We rent out ghost hunting equipment if you want to do your own ghost hunt. Oh, cool. So there's lots to do. And for those who are still sort of more on the conservative side as far as staying away from COVID, we also have a program called Ghost Flick, which is pre-recorded tours that we've conducted in the past that you can watch sort of like a scary movie. Oh, that's fantastic. So if you go to the U.S. Ghost Adventures website and go under our locations tab, you can see all of the cities that we operate in. And by the book now option, there's also an option to just the Ghost Flicks and watch it from your couch. I love this because so often whenever I go to like, okay, so I go to Savannah or New Orleans and it's not until you get there that you're like, oh, let's look for a ghost tour. Duh. And half the time they're already filled up. If all the tours are booked, we also have a junket app, which allows you to turn your phone into a tour guide and take yourself on your own self-paced. Oh, that's really cool. I love that idea. That way you can talk through the whole thing without disturbing everybody. Exactly. Exactly. I tried to go on one of our tours recently with my sister while I was home visiting, but we couldn't even get through it because she wouldn't stop talking to me. (laughs) So we definitely should have done the junket option. That is really really awesome. Okay, so get the website again one more time. It's usghostadventures.com and you can find all of our different tour options from there. Go into the individual location, check out Junket and go on your own tour or look at Ghost Flicks as well. Don't forget about the Lizzie Borden house giveaway, the contest that they have right now. And Azure, if you ever need anybody to (laughs) run a tour, do whatever here in Dallas for you, Rebecca and I are all over it. Well, we're hiring guides in all of our cities right now. So if you guys want to apply, I can put in a good word for you. Hey, that's really good news too, because I know that a lot of our listeners are so into haunted history in their cities. They'd probably be great at that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, we're always looking for talented storytellers. You can find all of those tabs underneath of our uscoastadventures.com website as well, if you're interested in applying. Thank you so much, Azure. It's been so nice talking to you. Thank you, guys. I'm glad we finally got in touch. So we also just posted the story about a bar in Kansas City, originally built in the late 1800s, Fat Max's Vortex. That sounds like an 80s club, does it not? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's meet up at Fat Max's. Sorry, Fat Nat's Vortex. So Fat Nat's 
Vortex was a drugstore slash pharmacy back in the early 1900s. And then it turned into a funeral parlor slash crematorium, which is in the basement. That's where they would incinerate the bodies, according to Fat Match co-owner Sam Howe. He and his family have owned the bar since 2004 and have had their fair share of paranormal experiences. Sam says, I had two friends playing pool one night and the door that leads to the basement where the crematorium is slammed shut. Then consecutively, like two seconds later, the women's restroom door slammed shut. Regulars often say that they'll feel their shirts being tugged when no one is there or hear invisible people walking behind them. Fat Nat's Vortex even keeps the ashes of two of their former customers stored at the bar. It's actually kind of sad. I guess there were some regulars who died and they didn't have any family or anybody to pay for their funeral expenses. So Fat Matt's took care of it and they're like, well, they picked up the tab basically. Basically, like, well, we'll just keep you here. Uh, but if we have any listeners who are in Kansas City and can go hit this place at some point, please do. And then just be like the haunted AF correspondent because I would love to hear more about this place. Same. Okay, so it is time to talk about these videos that came in this week. Three or four that we need to talk about. But the first one came from Sarah. It's just Sarah's fish tank. The light keeps turning on for no real reason. It's pretty boring. I'm sorry, Sarah. It's just because <laughs> all it is, she sent the video I'm like what am I looking at because you just see this light kind (laughs) of click on by itself yeah and then I realized you can see Sarah's cat sitting in the lazy boy watching TV so we also got another video from a realtor named April who says this is my lovely friend's house and it has a history including three deaths my friend has been out of town for work and we got these creepy AF videos of the ghost having a party up in there. <laughs> Two of the videos show lots of orbs, but the last one is really interesting. So you'll have to zoom in on the door frame in the bedroom. You'll see a black mass walk by the door. She was in the home at the time that this happened. She was crashed out on a much needed day off. The ghost looks at her sleeping before disappearing. Yikes! <laughs> I bet they didn't say yikes while they were watching this video. Oh, yeah, there's <laughs> definitely profanity involved. And of course, she says we are about to list this lovely abode after a good safe session. It's a gorgeous three bedroom, two bath, and the extra guests are included at no additional charge. What a deal! <laughs> With this luck, April. Oh my God, April. Good luck selling that house. So go to hauntedaf.com, episode 11, season five, to see the video. It's just this bedroom shot. Yeah. And then you see this dark ass shape moving through Thing. the door. Kind of <laughs> I showed it to my teenage daughter. She shoots down everything. And when I showed her this video, she was like, oh, God, that's spooky. Because it is. It's just, whenever you see those shots and you're like, I don't see anything. Oh, God, there it is. Yes. Okay, this story comes from Vicki. Hi, ladies. This is Vicki in Oklahoma City. And I want to tell you about a time that we brought a ghost home from a hotel. My husband and I wanted to celebrate our anniversary by staying downtown in a really nice hotel. We chose the Skirvin, which is a very old hotel, probably a hotel hundred years old or more and reportedly haunted, especially the 10th floor. That's the floor where we got our hotel room. We took our equipment with us, some EVP recorders and things because we're sort of amateur ghost hunters, and we did a recording session in our hotel room. When we played back the recording, 
quarter the next morning, we did not hear anything unusual out of the ordinary. So we come back after our nice weekend and I am folding clothes at our kitchen table. Now this is in the summer, so it's nice and light. It's about 10 o'clock in the morning and I had four dogs and they're all kind of sitting around just snoozing. All of a sudden I hear a man's voice very distinctly say, well, hello there. Like I said, I have a big picture window just right outside my kitchen and I see nobody out there. But we live on some land and oftentimes we have like these septic peoples come and check our septic tank or even the meter reader. So I thought, well, maybe that's it. But what really unnerved me was that my dogs were going ballistic. They were barking and growling and their hackles were up. They heard this voice the same time I did. So we all go to the door. I let my dogs out. They're running around and they all seem to congregate in one area of my backyard and they're just circling and circling, still barking. I see nobody, nothing. So I come back in, bring the dogs in and even like 40 minutes later, these dogs are still very uneasy, still kind of growling and going to the door from time to time. So my husband comes home from work that day. I tell him that I think maybe we brought a ghost home from the hotel. And he just sort of smiles and says, okay. Well, later that night, he goes outside to check our pool. And he says he hears as clear as day a man's voice say, well, that's stupid. And he looks up. And of course, there's nobody there. But my dog starts barking and running our fence line. His hackles are up again. So my husband goes outside of our yard. And there was not a soul around. So he comes in the house, tells me about the experience that he heard a man's voice, just like I had heard a man's voice earlier in the day. And he said, Maybe you're right. Maybe we did bring a ghost home. I think it's time you sage the house. That's my ghost story, and I hope you enjoyed it. It sounds like Vicky's ghost was kind of flirting with her. Like, yeah. Well, hey there. Patronizing the husband. Yeah, well, that's stupid. <laughs> the thing I love about this is how many times do you like go on a ghost tour or you go creep around a haunted hotel and then you leave? But then the idea yeah. that maybe you're actually bringing these things home with you. That's creepy as hell. Yeah. And then on the other end of it, if you are the haunted hotel, what do you do when all of your <laughs> your ghosts have left? Maybe that's why we go to these some of these haunted places and you're like, nothing's happening. I, was, I spent a week at the Stanley Hotel. <laughs> Nothing touched me. And it's because these things are just piggybacking home with everybody else. They've been long gone. They've been gone for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this next story comes from Jesse, And uh, this is a fun one. I just recently found your podcast and I'm absolutely addicted. Yay! Yay! Y'all are a lifesaver on my hour commute every day, especially at the ass crack of dawn in the morning. Oh, you know the Ooh. ass crack of dawn. That's when you get up. I know it is. So let me tell you about the absolute insanity I grew up with. My dad's mom absolutely hated my mother. She thought she wasn't good enough for him, called her trailer trash to her face, even told everyone my little brother was mentally defective because the poor kid just looks like my mom. I, on the other hand, am the spitting image of my father, which is probably why she repeatedly tried to kidnap me when I was younger. Oh my God, there's so much here. Okay, so she says, FYI, there is absolutely nothing wrong with my brother. Super smart, just looks like my mom. I'm sorry, I love a crazy granny. As karma would have it, my grandmother was diagnosed with a horribly aggressive cancer and my poor mother was the only one willing to take care of her while she was dying. God bless your mother. Once she died, my parents realized she had three mortgages on her house and there was no way to sell it. So we sold our house, moved into hers, and my mother started redecorating. That's when the crazy shit 
started happening. Yeah. Mom tried to repaint a room, and the next day, some nasty ooze was seeping out of the wall. <laughs> Doors would slam and refuse to open. Things constantly disappeared. Numerous times, we'd come home, and the front door, which was locked and deadbolted, would be wide open. Anything electrical was a nightmare. My brother and I were left home alone for the first time when I was 14, and he was nine, so my parents could go out. We were in the den watching TV when there was a huge boom that made the entire house shake. We pretty much pissed ourselves thinking a car had crashed into the house or something. We looked around and couldn't find anything until we went upstairs. All the doors were slammed shut and would not open no matter how hard we tried. It was like something was holding all of them shut. The only door that was open was the linen closet door, which was wide open and swinging back and forth slightly. My brother and I noped right the f*** back to the tent <laughs> and stayed there the rest of the night. I want to put that on the t-shirt. I noped right the f*** out. Yes, that should be on the new Haunted <laughs> AF t-shirts. Totally should. Uh, we even pretended to be asleep on the sofas when my parents got home so we didn't have to sleep upstairs. Years later, we told my mom what happened that night. That's when she told us that my grandmother had a severe prescription pill and alcohol problem. Uh, Oh, my God. And that the closet was where she hid her pills and booze. I guess your old granny wanted her fixed that night. And to hell with who she's scared. Thanks for... Oh, my God. Thanks for reading. And thanks for keeping me awake at stupid o'clock in the morning, Jesse. Jesse! Wow. Wow, Jesse. That was a phenomenal story. So Jesse said that even her brother's bedroom, the door was broken the night of the the slamming doors. And that he didn't, at that point, he didn't have a doorknob on his door. So there's no reason that it shouldn't have opened. But they couldn't get his bedroom door to open as well. Jesse, please, you got to send us pictures of the house. We want pictures of Granny. I need. Absolutely. God, I love the crazy Granny. So great. And don't forget, send us your stories, you guys. We like them written, recorded, audio, video, all of that hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com again hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com seriously and get it to us because next week is the season 5 finale of Haunted AF we need those stories as soon as possible so also next week we're going to talk to Steve Shippey again we spoke to him last year about his travel channel show Haunting in the Heartland and this time he's working on a Discovery Plus shock doc about Ed Gein if you're not familiar of course you're familiar Ed Gein is like every terrifying horror movie you've ever watched about a serial killer is based on Ed Gein's real life story. So Steve is getting unprecedented access to the property that Gein lived on, talking to people who knew him. Of course, they're going to do creepy investigations and we're going to talk about it all on the next Haunted AF. And don't forget to subscribe to Haunted AF on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TikTok. You can even contact us directly through our website, hauntedaf.com. Gotta say thanks to Andrew Mamalika and Travis Travis Vance for the Haunted AF theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support. Also, big thanks to all of the Haunted AF Patreon supporters. Most of all, we have to thank you for listening and for sharing your stories with us. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. Oh, I'll come back to haunt you too, Rebecca.